Hi, everyone. I'm Allison Ramsey with the Empire Life Podcast, where we interview entrepreneurs and influencers from all around the world about their online empires and their businesses. We also launch online empires for influencers. Today, I have an amazing special guest, Tessa Bella Jelton, and she is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, and she also is the owner of a social media marketing company, and I'll hand it over to her to intro herself a little bit more. Yes, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, just like you said, I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I kind of started my entrepreneurial journey um, in real estate. I own a real estate firm out of Arizona. Um, and then I also run a social media marketing agency. Um, and we service people all over the world, really. So it's really cool to be able to kind of mix these different industries. And I think that it gives me a competitive advantage kind of having the um, different levels of understanding in different industries for sales and marketing. That's very true. Yeah, because you need to do a lot of those with real estate as well, like cold calling or calling people, following up them, having amazing stellar customer service. I'm sure you learned so much through that. Absolutely. That was one of the biggest things that you take away from being in that industry. And um, it's really replicatable. You know, all that kind of stuff is easily to like you can easily transfer that to any sort of industry but I don't think that a lot of people kind of make that connection initially um, about the different connection there that's so true I want to dive right in and ask you the super juicy question <laughs> Tessa and and you were saying that you're writing a blog post about this too and that so it's so in synchronicity with with me wanting to ask you this is what do you feel like it takes to be a successful entrepreneur Absolutely. I think that that is a great question. I was just writing about it yesterday, so it couldn't be um, more of a perfect time to talk about it. But for me, I think that two of the main elements that it takes to really be a successful entrepreneur is grit and desire. And the way that I kind of um, break those down mentally is grit comes from a lot of different things. It's Obviously, the ability to put your nose to the grindstone and keep working hard even when things aren't um, delivering right away. But it's also having the grit to push yourself internally because the one thing that you'll learn very quickly as an entrepreneur is that it is um, quite the self-made journey. There's a lot that goes into the mental development and self-development that goes behind being a successful entrepreneur. And I think if you don't have that kind of work ethic and grit to put your nose down and really keep working, even when the going gets tough, um, that that's huge. And then desire is obviously, you have to have that vision that some people might not see. I mean, you look at some of the greats of the world, Jeff Bezos, who came up with Amazon. I mean, I doubt that his friends back in the day, if he had any, honestly, <laughs> thought he was that cool for coming up with this idea right off the bat. A lot of people don't initially understand your vision. And so to have that desire and that kind of of passion lit inside you um, really has to be there in order to keep propelling you even when people doubt you or they don't understand what you're doing. Um, so for me, those are the two absolute must-haves in order to be a successful entrepreneur. That was answered so eloquently. That Thank you so much. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I, I want to touch on, I know we didn't talk about this off-air, but you brought it up with Jeff Bezos 
having really good friends and that sometimes we feel like, well, entrepreneurs, influencers, we tend to be workaholics, overachievers in a lot of areas of our life. And it's true, the relationships do somewhat fall to the wayside <laughs> because we're like, I got to put my nose down. Like you said, I have all this grit. I have this inner fire. And I have to get this done. And uh, a lot of times we also tend to have our day kind of planned out. Like I'm going to go to the gym because I know that's going to help me be more efficient and productive. I'm going to spend time you know, with my dog. We both have lovely dogs, um, like similar breeds and or my like, how do you keep your relationships in the forefront? How do you how do you maintain those and continue to nurture them when you do have all that inner fire? I think it's really important to understand the depth of each relationship you have. Just like everything in life, there's no cookie cutter thing that you can really replicate um, across all different sorts of relationships. So I think that it's important to understand that some of your friendships and some of your relationships, people won't understand what it is that you're doing and um, it can actually be a bit of a refresher to be around those people sometimes because it's a time where um, you maybe don't talk about it quite as much or maybe you talk about it in a different kind of way and I find that I learn so much more about myself and my businesses and how I am as an entrepreneur when I'm finding different ways to communicate and have these sorts of conversations with people it doesn't always have to be that super like intense, shove my idea down your throat, kind of like go, go, go mentality. Um, and sometimes you kind of simplify it a bit for people who might not have that same understanding. So that's definitely a big key factor. Um, and then just like you said, I'm huge on having my routines. I like time block things down to the second. Um, <laughs> doesn't always work out that way. In fact, more often than not, I end up not following it as I wrote it out. But I think to just write things physically, you're sort of giving yourself that priority list. So you find the level of importance with really making those relationships um, high on that priority list while balancing what you need to get done. Amen. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> completely agree. And <clears throat> I wanted to go in also like shift gears into diving deep personally with you a little bit and some personal challenges that you've overcame that have helped you to have those better relationships and be a better business owner or at, like more of an influencer and have more impact in those around you. If you want to share a few with us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a big one, just as we were kind of just speaking on earlier, is the understanding of um, appreciating and acknowledging everybody's sort of different personality traits and how that can serve you in your business, even if it's not how you imagine things. So um, I can, I tend to be a very type A person. I like to plan things out. I like to control things, all these sorts of things. Um, and I think if you're able to rein that in and really channel it in a positive way, any sort of personality traits can be a beneficial thing. So you just have to recognize that within your team and with in your customers and your clients and the people, your vendors, whoever you're working with, um, and just sort of understand how to tweak those. And that's definitely been a big challenge of mine to overcome, um, especially being younger than a lot of the people I end up working with. 
there's already sort of that preconceived doubt, if you will, or um, being a young entrepreneur with a very intense personality, there can be a lot of prejudgment that goes on. And so just to kind of push that to the wayside and overcome and really learn to pivot and use everybody else's natural talents and abilities um, to the absolute maximum has been key in overcoming like the want and need to control everything. Cool. I love that. Like you said, I have a very intense personality too, so I understand <laughs> completely. And do you find with, with your intensity, do you find having more self-awareness around that intensity helps you to better communicate with others? Oh my gosh. I am, I'm like hyper aware of it because um, I'm just always in everything I do, whether it's business related or just in my personal life or just out and about, I'm always hyper aware of how I'm acting, what I'm doing and how it can affect other people. Um, not necessarily in like a self-conscious way, but I just try and be very courteous of what other people may think or feel in the way that I present myself because I know that sometimes my passion and excitement around what I'm doing can come off a different way to different people. So trying to be really aware of um, how that's perceived is definitely an ongoing challenge, but something I'm very aware of. Yeah. Cool. I, I have, I completely relate. I've been through those, those situations as well, or they continue to come up. And I always ask myself, or I, I would like to hear also kind of the, like the text or the verbal things that you ask yourself in those kind of situations. Like, for example, I usually ask myself, how can I, if I get a reaction out of someone and I'm like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that, I a lot of times reflect back on how can I better communicate with that person? Was there something that I needed to say that could have helped or that can still help and I can go back and communicate with them? And then I always try to act on that. Like, And beyond that, there's really nothing more you can do besides be self-aware and then try to have healthy relationships, healthy great partnerships and also client relationships. So like, what do you lead yourself through kind of in those processes? Um, I would say that a lot of it starts before I even have the conversation. I try and take a lot of social cues from people um, in their mannerisms, watching them interact with other people. If it's somebody I have yet to communicate with, um, I'll even not stalk them, but like try and creep a little bit on social media or things that where they're present to kind of understand maybe a little bit of insight on their personality and I think that that gives you a big advantage into how you speak to somebody and then just like you said I mean sometimes you'll receive this reaction that you weren't really expecting um, that maybe it's very obvious they took something in a different way than maybe you intended it um, to come off and so I think you know really similar to just like what you said you just try and kind of see how you can tweak your next phrases so that it kind of gets them to that same level of understanding and what you were trying to put put out into the world and then also understanding at the same time that sometimes you're just going to run into people that just don't understand the way that you communicate and there's really not anything wrong with that that's kind of just the fact of life <laughs> that's so true that's the best advice that's so true and I wanted to hop into like what are so you've how long have you been an entrepreneur for a while right like 
I don't remember exactly. Um, I would say about four years now. I guess it's a little hard to put like an exact date on right. it considering, totally. uh, you know, family reunion <laughs> growing up, you're trying to charge your cousins 25 cents for a back massage and things like that. So, oh, you were, four you, years were born, you were born entrepreneur. Were you also selling things on the playground? Oh, of course. <laughs> I was making, um, I would have a lemonade stand and instead of just lemonade, I try and think of like other things to sell. And I ended up, um, I, this still sticks with me today. I was bottling up, like I was selling it as perfume, but it was really just like lemonade with like some flowers in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure they thought it was cute. So they're like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. I want to support this little girl. What a hustler. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they never used it and got attacked by bees or something. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That's, that's very creative and insightful. Wow. And so as, as in your entrepreneurial journey as an influencer and entrepreneur and your impact, what would you say are like the top five things that you've learned throughout your business journey? Um, top five things I've learned. First one is definitely goes right along with that challenge that I face. And that's understanding that you don't always have to be the first person to re respond or react to something. Um, so learning how to really take a step back, give way, let somebody else make a stand really quick and kind of um, ob observing before you act is a big one. Um, I would also say that patience, it's something especially as a millennial entrepreneur, I think that a lot of millennials um, are kind of programmed for wanting this instant gratification. We live in this world where, I mean, look at Postmates or Uber, any of these things you can order on your phone and have it within five, 10 minutes. Um, and so understanding that good things don't always come overnight. There's also a lot of entrepreneurs and people out on the internet who publish and get a lot of, um, marketing based around these stories of, oh, I started this last month and made $50,000 and whatnot. But what I think people fail to take a look at is how hard that person was likely working on things prior to that. Though they may have just launched that program this month and made that much money, that doesn't mean that they weren't building a lot of blocks that led them up to that over the past couple years. So patience and understanding that kind of value. Um, openness to learning and always being able to recognize that even if you believe your opinion is the right one, it doesn't mean that there aren't other things you can learn from other people. I think that was a challenge to kind of be able to let my guard down and um, having coaches and mentors and being a part of masterminds and stuff never is a sign of weakness. I think a lot of people can start to think that, oh, I don't need that. Like it'll show that I'm not the expert on it, but more often than not, your coach or consultant isn't always going to be telling you something you don't know yet, but sometimes it's what you need to hear. And they're just kind of putting you in a different state of mind to absorb that. So openness to learning. Um, and hmm, I'm trying to think of a couple others. <laughs> not everyone is going to have your best interest at heart or the same sort of um, passion that you do for others. I think being in this sort of industry and community, I come from such a um, mindset of just wanting to like empower other people, help other people succeed, all this kind of stuff. And sometimes you can learn the hard way that not everybody has that same sort of, of um, community.
community oriented mindset. And so you do have to be slightly guarded in some sense of the word. I completely agree. I've been through and continue to go through all of those that, that you mentioned. It reminded me on your last one, it reminded me, or I would love for you to share out also a few personal stories on those. And we had a guest that was lined up for the podcast and I mentioned to them, Hey, we're going to have, we're going to, uh, when we launch, we're going to send you like a graphic and then you can take that graphic and, and tell your tribe about it. And he said, Oh, I'm doing this for you. I'm not doing this to show my tribe. And I was like, like he was doing me a favor. Yeah. And like we're, but we're okay. I, I get, I kind of get where you're coming from though. We're both doing each other a favor. If it's a collaboration, we're both giving and taking or giving and receiving. That's, that's a mutual, mutually beneficial and collaborative experience. And then I was, he came back and said something else that was in, in disalignment. And I was like, okay, this is not quite an alignment. And in that moment, it was like, this person doesn't necessarily have my best interest at heart. And Absolutely. I'm going to go ahead and say, you know what? It's not the best fit to have you on the podcast. And I needed to say no. And it was, like you said, it was very difficult. It was very hard. Like we set these boundaries and we say, or within our contracts or within our boundaries, we tell our friends and we say, yeah, I have strong boundaries. So when we come in those kind of difficult conversations and those difficult experiences do we actually follow through with our boundaries do we actually say hey I don't deserve this kind of treatment I'm wanting a more collaborative experience here and as soon as I did every time that I have said that and I would love to hear your feedback on it too but I I, I immediately had something come in that was more in alignment so as soon as I said no to him I had like three requests new request to be on the podcast with people that I probably wouldn't even need to say that to. They're already entering it into a collaborative experience. They're already on the same page. Mm -hmm. um. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that that's a great point to be made. Um, and one thing that I, I guess this kind of wraps around everything that we've talked about, but um, when I really started to see elements of my success start to kind of snowball, is when I started to really prioritize myself and understand that my time is the absolute most valuable asset that I have. I think that in order to really be a um, prideful business owner and just a well-rounded person, you have to respect yourself more than anybody ever ever will or ever can. You have to really fall in love with helping yourself first and not in a selfish way, but just understanding that if something is not serving you, it might not mean that it won't ever down the road, but right now, if it's not the right thing, like you just have to be really in tune with your gut and your intuition and understanding that, um, you know, you're on this journey and though it may feel lonely and like there isn't much guidance sometimes, if you just take a minute to really get in touch with yourself um, and your mission and where, what you're trying to achieve, I think that you are always guided to what you are supposed to be doing and where you're supposed to be putting your energy. Just like what you said, as soon as you told that gentleman no, you were instantly rewarded almost with these three new people that really did have your best interest and want to um, have that community feeling with you really be empowering one another and lifting each other up so I think that 
the more you appreciate what you have, the more the world will kind of give you things to appreciate. Mm, that's so true. I have you ever ran into this is this is a little personal question. Have you ever ran into where you needed to to act within your boundaries within a client contract? And if you want to share share a story about that, like you needed to either say this is the contract and this is what we've agreed on and you can stay almost in almost like a parent in a way like you can stay and this is what this is what we have agreed on or this is what will happen like have you ever been in that kind of situation and kind of how did how did you handle that in following through absolutely i've been in that kind of situation um i think that there are things that you can work on continually to try and avoid being in those situations. Um, I definitely try and be as transparent as possible with everything. And I set that expectation ahead of time. Like before we even agree upon a contract, it's always that I'm a very transparent person. If either of us are feeling like something's not working the way that it should be working, I'm not going to kind of wait until it gets to that escalated state. I'm going to tell you right away and we can handle it. But I definitely do experience times. One of the biggest things that um, I struggle with sometimes with clients or within a like contractual issue is communication and like common respect of time. It's understanding that I can do these things for you. I'm here to help you. But in order to get them done, I need you to communicate with me accurately so that I am able to perform for you and give you kind of the results that were agreed on here. So um, I always handle it by just like I said, diving first into communication. I pride myself on having a really high level of communication. Most people will probably even think it's over communication, but I'd rather be at that state than um, leaving people curious. Oh, is this happening? Is this not happening? I don't know where we're at. Things like that. So true. And that, so with the clear communication, that's been really successful for you. And Absolutely, following yeah. up with them. Okay. And if you were to have the experience where you have done all the communication and they didn't deliver what you had asked them, how, how will you handle that kind of situation? Um, it's important to put your foot down, just like you said, and being okay. able to understand that there's a reason that you're not working with them. And the reason it's not working out is, you know, something is telling you that that's not going to serve you well in the long run. So definitely cut the cord, if you will, and don't be exhausting yourself on something that um, isn't serving you in the way that it should be. That is, that is amazing. And that's really coming from an abundant frame of mind because I feel like, especially in the beginning, a lot of entrepreneurs and influencers, they get into the path of, well, I, you know, I need to pay all my bills. <laughs> I really need this income coming in. Oh, I can't let this go. And then at the end, or maybe a year later, they realize that they were kind of screwed over by that mm -hmm. one situation. And they're like, wait, wait, I kind of let that person take advantage of me or I let them control my time or my schedule. As you were saying, I was too available. Mm -hmm. So, I, like, as, as you guys are listening to this, take this to heart and it, prevent these kind of situations from happening because a lot of us, especially at the beginning, have gone through those experiences where we look back and said, oh my gosh, I was taken advantage of a little bit or not. I didn't, 
like even in our contracts, we have the actual hours that we are available to talk. And I have to remind myself, okay, even if I get an email, I'm not going to answer this because this is actually in the contract. So a lot of times it does come back to me. Am I going to follow through with what I said that we're going to do and what I said our boundaries are? What, what is your opinion about that? I think that's a great point. I think that the more leniency you allow, the less of kind of a foot you have to stand on when you do need to stand up for yourself. Because just like you said, I mean, you put these hours in your contract for a reason. If you're to be too flexible with that, then people start to kind of wonder. I mean, it's just simple human nature. As soon as you get away with something, you're kind of wondering, well, oh, what else could I kind of get away with? You know, obviously not in such a negative sense, but but it's sort of like a subconscious thing that begins to happen is thinking about you're, you're now kind of eliminating some of these rules that were initially put in place. Um, it kind of, again, comes full circle with um, my start in real estate. That's a big thing in real estate. A lot of people face, just like you mentioned, um, when you're at the beginning, you really don't want to turn anybody down because you're thinking, oh, I got the bills to pay. I need to do this kind of stuff. Um, but real estate is one where you definitely face a lot of people that are not respectful of your time and your profession. Um, and so it's always important to really put those boundaries in place. And I always find that once I finally do stand up for myself and kind of say something about it, the respect is more often than not, it's there. You know, if you bring it to light and you start talking about it and you make someone aware of how they're treating you, I think that it's sort of a wake up call for people. It can be really scary to do or to say yes. um, or to kind of call somebody out, if you will. But I think it's super important to do and have that inner strength. I completely agree. I, I vacillate. I think that's the right word. Vac like, like sometimes go between emotions and so if you were in this kind of situation and you needed to send this professional email and you're sitting in front of the computer and you're like oh my god what am I gonna say this is so hard this is so hard because it's so hard to have those kind of conversations when something is not quite working out as you expected it was gonna work out or someone reacted in a way that you had no idea they were gonna react like that and you need, like you said, to put your foot down or be within your personal boundaries. Fall in love with yourself again. Fall in love with your... I, I feel like that's also part of falling in love with your business again, which we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. Then when you're in that process, I feel it's okay to say a little bit about how you feel. Like, I am so sad that I need to say this, though I know that, that, we, that I really need to say this though I feel, I feel horrible about it. I feel horrible that, and sad that I'm needing to write this email. Though you know in your heart, it has to be done. Though, don't go, I feel like it's not very good. I've, I've been on the receiving side of a lot of emotions in emails, and I'm just like, whoa, that was not professional. <laughs> like, why did they need to go? They're like, there's nothing factual within this. So definitely like state how you are feeling maybe in one sentence is my advice and then go into and this these are the next steps. This is what we can do for you. This is the maximum of, of how we are going to be of a, a, a benefit and help you. And how do you feel now like leaving the ball in their court? How do you feel about this? Like what, what is your opinion about that? I think that that 
that's great advice on sort of how to handle it. Um, because just like you said, you don't want to let too much emotion get into it. This kind of gets into um, something that always interests me is kind of your ability to pivot between your feminine and masculine energy in business. And um, you have to also, this is another time you can kind of be conscious of who your client is, how they're going to best receive what you're communicating with them. Because some people, um, if they received anything with any sort of emotion attached to it are going to be like, whoa, versus some people won't really truly understand kind of what you're trying to get across if you just keep it purely in the professional or technical terms. And you're not really telling them that, hey, this is really, you know, making me feel disrespected in our partnership or whatever you want to make them understand. Uh, so I think that it comes into play with really being able to kind of switch between those two energies and also be conscious of, again, the personalities that you're dealing with with each unique client or contract. Yeah, totally. I love that. And before we hop off, Tessa, I was hoping that you can share with us, like if you were starting a business, a new business tomorrow, what are the three takeaways that you wish somebody had told you that would have helped you be a lot more successful from the beginning? Absolutely. Um, I would say my first one is to find your desire, really find what it is that is making you feel like you want this journey. Um, and with that, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, you know, find this one thing and that's going to be what you stick with forever. I think understanding that it's okay to, uh, pivot as your journey goes on. If, if you want to kind of change where your passion lies at the time, it's okay to kind of make that shift. Um, the second one would be to write everything down. I'm a huge believer nowadays of, I literally, everything I do, every change I make in my business, anything like that, I rack, write everything down and track everything. That way, down the road, it's super um, duplicatable. If I bring anybody on, it's easy to train somebody because I've already written down my entire like process as I got to this point. Things like that are huge. Um, and then it can also help you to look back at that down the road if you are maybe launching a new branch or something like that. You can kind of look at all the notes you take and understand like, oh, I could have eliminated this whole step. This whole process kind of went haywire, could have taken this out or could have done this better. So I'm a big believer in like um, taking note of everything, kind of where you're at with things, tracking your numbers, all that sort of stuff. I love analytics and being able to see all of that, but then also attaching that to sort of the emotional side where writing down notes, how you feel about the business at the time, um, all of that. And then last but not least would be openness to change and understanding that there are no rules and that that's okay. Totally. Love it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me.